faces in things. Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of the amazing innovations and discoveries that we hear about from academia, but sometimes never touch our lives in any real meaningful way. We want to look at why that is and what it might take to help move those discoveries onto, onto store shelves so they might become actual things. Thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by Unimed, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office for the University of Nebraska Medical Center and the University of Nebraska at Omaha and also Nebraska Medicine. Yay. Mm-hmm. Right, welcome aboard. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi. Hey, Joe. How's hey, going? Charlie. How you doing? Joe's very enthusiastic today because we let him out of his cage early. He's a, a patent lawyer in our office, and he also handles the Translational Institute for Unitech, Unitech Incubator Words Startup. <laughs> it's just become a thing. He's our, he's our intellectual or I'm sorry, our entrepreneurial werewolf, and that is his Twitter handle too. So, check the him out inactivity there with all sorts of inactive tweets happening there. But I got a picture of Remus Lupin as a Lego. My favorite Harry Potter character. Oh my god, mine too. Yeah. We should get a drink sometime. I, yeah. We should talk about all the Harry Snape. Potter things. Any- Snape. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tyler Share is also with us. Tyler, who just interjected the Snape Severus reference, Snape. is a. PhD, although you wouldn't guess it. He's a licensing associate at Unimed. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, good. How you doing, Charlie? Sorry to drag you away from your phone. Um, Joe, do you have a special message? I do. Please take a moment to leave a rating for the podcast. Please subscribe and please leave a review. We'd love to hear what we're doing, good or bad. Please also take a moment to check out the featured technology of the week. Every week is something really, really good. This week especially so. Well, you say that, but I really not. You know, all right. Okay. So yes, Joe, thank you. We do want to spread the word because we want to do this for not just Nebraska stuff, but you know, the front porch for university innovation worldwide. Exactly. Everywhere. That's what it says on our t-shirts. That's, we should get t-shirts. Um, <laughs> hey, Charlie, get us t-shirts. Okay. Note to self. But while Tyler's on his phone over there, it brings up something I've been wanting to go over this for a while. This is kind of personal and intimate now. It is. It kind of bothers me because he's on his phone. Well, and we have trying to pretend four minutes like of eye care. contact. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, all okay, right. So I'm when they say – I remember I got my – the I, I don't remember there being a, a 1G or a 2G. I do remember when it was the 3G network, and I was like, okay, it's great. Right. You, you, this, you can die now because we've got a 3G network. Right. And like 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, wait, wait, hold on, hang on. It's 4G now. Right. We found another G. We found another G. What's the G? Why Why is there Gs? And why, I mean, are they going to run out of numbers? I mean, is it going to be like 60 years from now? Are we going to get to like 2H? It'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is living. Yeah, at some point, do you get to 9? The internet's then, in my brain. And then you go to H? So Man, Tyler know. was actually doing Tyler? research because I didn't know what G meant okay. as we went to show. Is that, so, what he's on, is that what you're on your phone about? Yeah. So what's the answer? Oh, okay. You're stand there and look at me? It stands for generation. And we didn't have, we didn't have one and you two because we went. Him. And you're going to we sit there and look at me. He's you're South me Dakota polite. an idiot of myself. <laughs> we, went straight from, we went straight from half to three. That's why you didn't have a one and a two. I'm joking. That was a horrible <laughs> joke. But it stands for generation. Wow, you said generation. it really authoritatively. Was, you should just. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know if we were doing the Fibonacci do sequence. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm going to go write that down. Okay. <laughs> it's like you're a professor. So 
So those are those are the generations. Generation of signal technology, I guess. Okay. Which I know next to nothing about, but I do know the G stands for generation. Well, you know that. That's more than me. Wow. So, well, I actually know. I mean, I don't, but I did some research twenty minutes before the show as to what. <laughs> you know a little more than nothing. I've got a, a chart printed out that nice. I looked at a couple times. Well, so. I know how to turn my phone on. Gosh. We could do anything. <laughs> we should start a podcast. <laughs> Check. <laughs> this is what it takes to be the front porch of all university innovation. And AOC's right. We we hate ourselves. And also, this might depress all of you. Um, this is the best tech transfer podcast in the world. Uh, honest question. Is it also the worst? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. So well. we're gonna let that wash over us. So uh, back when I actually did do Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you've done that before. I have. Yeah. Okay. I, I I was I was tweeting. We should get to a point. Yeah. Right. No. Don't you think? I think we owe it to the people who stuck with us this far. I think so. <laughs> Although maybe this is what they want. I don't you know? know. They just no. want to see us dig a hole and then dig our way back <laughs> out. <laughs> How are they gonna get out of this one? <laughs> All right. So you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, and. This very clever guy is talking about how artificial intelligence is necessary was necessary to create 4G. And like an idiot, I'm like, what does AI have to do with 4G? Yeah. And and I learned- Why is it not necessary for- Wait. No, 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 no. I learned the first rule of Twitter, which is show no weakness. Because <laughs> holy crap. Okay. Yeah, that was bad. Right. But it did give me a sense to understand like how much technology really goes into making your network faster. Because you think it's just, you know- there are the waves, and like there's internet in the waves. There are lasers, or and something. it goes into your phone, and then you know what Paris Hilton's living in your phone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's nothing. Not tiny elves. It's right. nothing like that. There are tons and tons of computer algorithms that are constantly sitting there, trying to figure out how much information they can wring out of as little bandwidth as possible. Right. Hmm. Which okay. actually makes a lot of sense if you okay. think about it, because yeah, the bandwidth has stayed the same. Right. Like the electromagnetic spectrum doesn't get bigger. Right. And occasionally the government will get some more of it back. They'll buy it back from old like UHF TV stations or whatever. And, and now we have a lot more bandwidth. But the thing that's made those uh, same energy waves able to carry more and more information is the sophistication of the things that broadcast them and the things that decode them. And so the really interesting thing about 5G technology, and I am by no means an expert, right? But what I was able to sort of break So there's it down, a 5G now? There's a 5G that's being built worldwide that apparently China is going to use to listen to everything we say. Because Huawei is building all the boards. Because and, we have all the interesting things to right. say. First of all, just listen to the podcast, right? <laughs> I save it all for this. Blockbuster. Right. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, I'm just like texting, no, I'll pick them up at 12. I mean, you know, that that's it. I, who needs to know that? All they're going to get out of my out of my feed is, does this look infected to you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're not going to enjoy that. Charlie, you just did counterintelligence. Congratulations. <laughs> so the, the new spectrum that is sort of uh, – 5G is sort of, by my understanding, sort of two parts, right? It's using the existing mobile spectrum more efficiently. And the existing mobile spectrum is generally, you know, fairly long waves. That means low energy wave systems, right? And they're marrying that to some higher energy wave system, things that sort of, you know, are, are smaller frequency data, right? And so 
the idea that you're going to get better coverage means that you'll have as much coverage as you have right now, right, with the existing sort of lower energy frequency, but the new higher energy frequencies that are going to be engaged will carry data as well. The problem is, is that those higher energy frequencies aren't always available, right? Like they can't always get to the same spaces that some of the lower energy frequency does. And so the systems that need to be developed to create a 5G network need to be smart enough to be able to figure out what frequency are they going to be looking for, the higher energy ones or the lower energy ones, and sort of cobble those together to make Paris Hilton load slightly faster for me. So tap the brakes. So so what in the heck are you talking about? <laughs> so is this so are, are you Thank saying you. so you're saying that like four G is basically what so the the improvement from three to four was sort of like increasing the speed limit and now the difference between four and five is adding another lane to, so, the, to the interstate or no uh, that's a good question though it, it's less about increasing I like those analogies yeah man you're killing it today yeah. no thanks yeah no the 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 analogy is much more think of it like highways right you still have the same so we have the old lanes that we've used traditionally right so what they've been able to do is use computers to load more stuff onto the trucks and to more efficiently get them off Right. Okay. And, and that's ultimately it's like digital encoding. Right. How much data can actually live within sort of the same waves. Right. And we've been using these same highways for 3G and 4G or largely similar highways for 3G and 4G. And we've just been cramming more and more information in by having more efficient computational ways to sort of code and uncode it. Really? Okay. So the data can move, you know, faster and slower. That on top of it, there is infrastructure improvements, lots of little sort of other features, which we'll sort of get into in a moment. But the idea is, is like the thing that creates the 4G network is a combination of better transmission. So yes, right. The the speed limit may be higher. We've turned the speed limit up on. You can't change the speed limit of the electromagnetic waves, right? But maybe you can change the uh, power by which they're broadcast. You can increase the you can increase the antennas that receive them, things like that, right? You can make okay. it more efficient to capture them. Is the speed limit of the electromagnetic wave is that light? Uh, yes. Okay. Not a physicist, but it's I know, a cos- a, I know the, it's a the, cosmic the, speed limit. The the it's a constant. Speed, is it the speed yeah, of okay. light? I think so. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's it's whatever the speed of electromagnetic radiation is. So okay. don't, don't don't be mean to me. But it's a constant, whatever it is, right? And so that's the thing that's kind of mind blowing to me, right? It's like you can't make broadcasting go faster, right? But what you can do is you can put more data into the information that's broadcast to your phone. Interesting. So that way, you know, you can have high definition movies with less, you know data that actually needs to come in. But that Hmm. means your processors need to be more powerful, which means you need to have better ways to unpack it. And so that's why building the 5G network is such a big deal because we're sort of leapfrogging over the 4G network, which means that once you build the 5G network, that you're gonna be able to put so much more data into the same space. And then on top of that, you're gonna add another lane, which is gonna make whole new opportunities available in other places and other times. Okay, so we are adding another lane. Yes, there is another lane associated with 5G as well. It's the new mobile spectrum. It's a 3 gigahertz uh, wave band. Hmm. Or sorry, 30 gigahertz millimeter wave band. I hope that makes sense to people out there. And and we're somehow... I I can read it, but... And there's somehow going to be... These, we're going to be using multiple lanes in coordination? Yes. And so the ability of these systems to be able to integrate the signal between these two lanes is a significant part of what makes 5G relevant or so revolutionary. Hmm. So, I mean, is it 
Are they going to have to go up to like to every cell tower in the land then and like, you know, no, because they're and largely whatnot? this is still going to be the 4G towers, right? It's still the same physical network. They'll probably be upgrading sort of the underlying electronics that are in there. So in that sense, yes, they'll be adding new capability onto those individual cell towers. But then on top of that, they'll be adding the new spectrum broadcast as well. Okay. So there'll be, you know, the new lane that's being built will require additional infrastructure. This is probably a stupid question, but I'm kind of used to being that guy. Um, wh- why do we need to go up to a 5G network? I mean, what's what, what's the problem with 4G right now? There's no problem with 4G right now. It's just the 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 amount of data you can get through a 4G network is limited. And so right now there are technologies uh, specifically related to smart cities that are related to um, high internet usage over mobile networks for which the 4G network is just not going to be able to accommodate. But when you can get more data through a 5G network, then you'll be able to do things like have uh, really complicated virtual reality systems displaying in real time over cellular networks. You'll be able to have true Internet of Things interactions. So you'll have dozens of little sensors that are communicating over the Internet to each other in a way that can be integrated and and more... um, more robustly data transmitted. So you're having more information streaming between individual sensors and processes to create these larger networks of very data-rich um, stuff. <laughs> and, and, and this is all this is all wireless? I ran out of this tech This is an words. improvement on wireless? Yeah, this is all wireless now. Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. Wi-Fi, you know, is already sophisticated, but, you know... If you have a limited data plan like I do, Wi-Fi isn't everywhere, right? And so, you know, the ability to have more enriched, but it's more than just being able to get more data per second. The 5G network, because it has artificial intelligence driving it that can, in more sophisticated ways, distribute and transmit data, it will make new things possible. And this is sort of the magical stuff of 5G that I don't really understand. Um, you know, I understand how it's going to be a better version of the 4G network, but it is going to be a quantum level above, which will enable sort of network computer solutions that have never been tried before. And, and a lot of this gets into so it. So, so this 5G thing, is this something like that, you know, your cellular carriers like a Verizon or T-Mobile or whoever, is that something they're working on or is there like universities working on this? I don't understand. So that's a really good question because like no one's building the 5G network. Everyone's building the 5G network. There are all types of infrastructure that huh. are sort of enabling this type of stuff. And what I wanted to do is to look and find two things developed at universities available for licensing that are relevant for sort of 5G technology. And I wanted them to be things that I can understand, so they had to be fairly limited. There's a lot of really complex AI, which I I just... Um, And so the one that that I really gravitated to initially is is an antenna for high-performance telecommunications. And so the idea was, is if you want to make 5G systems work better, you need more efficient antennas. And it's this notion of of planar antennas. And so this comes out of the uh, University of uh, Massachusetts Lowell. It was invented by a gentleman, uh, Dr. Zhang. And the idea is it's this sort of solid state planar antenna. And I didn't know what planar antennas were, but if you have like a digital tuner for your TV and you get one of those that you just stick up on the wall and it's like a sticker, that's a planar antenna. Yeah, okay. It's just oh, okay. flat okay. and it, okay. it's all integrated together. And I never really understood what a big deal that was, but a lot of the really high um, um, high gain antennas, which mean just antennas that can transmit or receive lots of information, they generally have two parts. They've got like a big filter 
which gets a lot of the signal, and then it sort of shoots it into the thing that actually reads the signal. And so a planar antenna is a big deal because they're really inexpensive to manufacture because they're like stickers, right? Yep. Um, they're all integrated together. But what uh, Dr. Zhang was able to do is to develop a super efficient antenna that is planar. So this is a antenna that can rival a more complex uh, constructed antenna and sort of put it together into sort of one um, one system. Hmm. So by more sophisticated antenna, do you mean like, you know, when I was a kid, I had to keep my finger on the antenna so that Channel 7 would come in? Right. So you have your, your rabbit ears, right? Right. Right. And so those uh, were, were, were fairly limited in what they received. They just received very specific spectrum. And when someone would turn on a blender, they would, you know, turn right, off and all yeah. that, which we'll get into. That's a whole other technology that okay. I want to talk about. Okay, cool. But, but the, the high gain antennas are very relevant for sort of the 5G networks because they will allow for more efficient. Again, so much of the 5G network is the ability to sort of patch together signal from multiple different you know, sources. And so having more efficient antennas that are less expensive and planar, that means that you could make them really small and stick them in cell phones or, or whatever. But mm. one of the keys to having a better 5G network is having next generation ability to receive signal. And so things that are ongoing at universities are really essential for that, for building the 5G infrastructure. And they could be as simple as more efficient antennas um, mm. that will be able to sort of devise this type of stuff. Okay, cool. So what's going on with the rabbit ears you said you'd get into? Yeah, so the second one is uh, a really interesting one as well. It comes out of the University of Louisville. It's uh, by Dr. Zhang, um, not to be confused. And the idea is... No relation? No relation okay. to my knowledge. Okay. I have not had a chance to speak with either of them. Okay. Uh, but the, the thing that's really interesting about the... Um, the, so the, the technology is an anti-jamming technology. And as you get these more sophisticated networks where everything's wirelessly communicating with everything else. Anti-jamming. Anti-jamming, which I, was not what I thought it was, right? Because I thought it would be a way to sort of counteract, you know, counterintelligence. Things. Right, yeah. Right. But jamming is actually a fairly universal phrase. And all they're talking about for jamming is really just interference. And this gets back to turning on the blender. Oh, all right. So, so you could jam your signal by turning on the blender. Right, because, right, I mean, you right. have these really, your, your UHF antenna <clears throat> did not have a processor in it, right? It was not looking for individual signal. It was all analog. Just receiving everything, right? It was receiving Fire everything it could, because there wasn't yeah. that much signal. Right. It was, you know, 1981 or whatever, right? And at that point, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is as we've transferred to digital television and we no longer have analog signals broadcast over the air, what that did is what took a ton of bandwidth, think of that wave, right? To fit all of, you know, your standard television picture into that wave, took the entire wave because there was nothing on the other end that could decode it. You oh. had to basically have all that data Got pixel it. by pixel yeah. reassemble. Digital TV with its digital tuner, instead of having to have all that signal, you just have a teeny tiny little digital signal that could then be decoded because there's a processor on the other end that's smart enough to figure out, oh, I need to uncode this and, and put it in there, right? And so- This sounds like quantum entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so what 5G is able to do, right, is it's able to get more data out of an even less capable signal, right? And that allows us to sort of pack a bunch of stuff together. But I got to thinking, like, you know, what if you get the same thing with the – at some point, someone's going to turn on a blender. So what do you do? And so what, what Dr. Zhang in Louisville was able to do is develop an algorithm that was very efficiently able to distinguish what jamming looked like versus other signals and just ignore it. And they call it the BJM algorithm and actually looked at one of the papers they talked about to sort of publish this. And basically they would integrate it into these sort of faux Wi-Fi networks and then they would simulate 
jamming phenomenon with it. And the BJM algorithm was able to basically just drop that out. And that's like a really effective wow. system of what 5G is able mm. to do because it's so distributed and integrated. When one part of the network is no longer functional, you could put algorithms like this into a 5G network because it's all super smart and go, oh, geez, so just turn on a blender. So, But we're not Better talking about the difference between watching a TV program. Right, so this you're talking about a cell phone signal or a streaming service, but or in the end, it's all wavelengths. It's all yeah, it's all part of the. So what does your signal spectrum. look like, or what's the on the for the user end? If you have a, a you know, the blender, right. whatever that might be, you know, what does that look like then on the user end? It's well, not, sometimes you, you drop signal for no reason, right? Okay, all right. So yeah, that that can happen. Sure. Right? Okay. Poor service. And yeah, so slower, the five G yeah. network that will happen less often because well it still happen right like signals just can sure. get lost yep. sometimes you'll be in a cave like me, um, but I think the the better point right is that typically it's more that there's system failures that there's jamming that occurs or interference or whatever and if you have software that's sort of running on top of all of this then it's less likely to have that happen. Yeah, you can also think of this as as a traffic jam. To right. Go back to the highway analogy, and if you have. If, we, if we're going to, we're eventually going to go to self-driving semis and maybe right. eventually self-driving cars. All those could be in coordination. They would never, never traffic. So think anymore. of it like this. What the BJM algorithm does, it's a very efficient way to sort of manage traffic. And so when part of the highway disappears because <laughs> someone turns on a blender, they can adequately route everyone on different paths to okay. prevent disruption. Now, sometimes, you know, you got to stop, right? Nothing's perfect. But these, uh, the, the, the 5G network is going to be significantly more robust because you can have software running all these different checkpoints, right? That's cool. And they can all integrate together. And I think, you know, we think of the 5G network as like, well, we're putting down another line of cable or, you know, we're building new towers. When in reality, it's all this other stuff that's kind of, you know, in your phone and, and everywhere else. And, and it allows for, you know, much smarter data transmission, even though it's using largely the same infrastructure. It's an entirely different network. And that's what's really cool. Um, so uh, I guess I'm just curious, how, how soon before this 5G network is kind of ubiquitous in the way 4G is now? Uh, that I don't entirely know. I know that there is a, a race right now to get it it's done. It's kind of going. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's you know, China is currently in the lead in sort of building its 5G network. And so there's a lot of mm. national and uh, international intrigue in sort of establishing 5G fastest. But at the same time, it's not like building a highway. You know, there's a lot of invention that needs to occur and a lot of management that goes with it. And I think if the United States is going to really leverage all that it has to build the best 5G network it can, then we really need to leverage you know, the power of university innovation and use these great ideas to make our 5G 5G-est. Okay. On that note, I think it's time to come to ground. Uh, we'll check the program notes. Joe will have some links for us about uh, some of the, the innovations he's talked about. And... <clears throat> we'll be sure to have those. Uh, God, my my mic just keeps cutting out. It's five G. It's <laughs> there. It is. I got the uh, hold, put. Keep your finger on the antenna, Tyler. All right. Uh, thank you for joining. Hang on, us. I'm hitting the blender. <laughs> <laughs> Please join us again on the Innovation Overground. <laughs>